Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to celebrate the greatest team sport known to man, where modern day gladiators collide all for the glory of the gridiron. We'll talk some college football on Cougar Sports with Ben Crittle. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Crittle broadcasting live from our Les Schwab Tire Studios. LesSchwab.com. Save up to $250 when you buy a set of four select tires with financing. Mention ESPN 960 at any Les Schwab location along the Wasatch Front. Get VIP service and discounts on all services and products. Les Schwab, LesSchwab.com. Let's talk some college football in the segment. Brought to you by Dental Pros of Utah. DentalProsofUtah.com. If you've been told you need a filling crown root canal, all I ask you to do is get a second opinion at Dental Pros of Utah, where they utilize the best biomimetic techniques, minimally invasive techniques to rebuild your teeth layer by layer so you don't have to settle for the fake teeth later on in life. If you don't believe me, check out their Google reviews. You won't be disappointed in their service. Uh, you won't be disappointed in the products they use, uh, the materials they use in order to rebuild your teeth. Let's get out to the hotline, the ESPN 960 hotline, the uh, the, the hotline where uh, we're going to be talking a lot of college football in this segment. we got Matt Brown of Extra Points, college football insider to discuss all the news and notes of the college football day how you doing matt i'm I'm doing wonderful it's great to spend some time with you here criddle hey i love spending time with my guy matt brown my favorite midwestern mormon uh and uh can't wait to get into some conversations regarding this college football season kind of give me a brief synopsis your thirty thousand foot view of what the college football season we've waited so long what it's been thus far through a couple of weeks yeah, it's it's been fun to watch in the beginning here, uh, even even with uh, you know not everybody having played a real team, and it's way too early to make you know sweeping generalizations here. But uh, I think it has been fun to see Florida State potentially emerge as you know the best version of themselves over the last decade. Uh, I can understand why people might be tired of this storyline, but what's happening at Colorado is definitely interesting. Uh, even from a, a pure just X's and O's football perspective, we haven't seen a guy like Travis Hunter in a decade plus, uh, which, which I think is fascinating. And, and I look at this uh, the very top of the sport right now. Obviously, you would be forgiven for for thinking for leading Georgia as as the favorites to you know potentially complete a, a three peat. We don't really know a whole lot about that roster right now. But I look at many of the other blue blood programs that have either looked kind of bad already or coming into the season with major question marks, whether that's Alabama, whether that's Ohio State, uh, whether that's USC, um, and those haven't been answered yet. So this might be you know, the beginning of a year where somebody 
that we haven't seen sneak into a 14 playoff, uh, you know, kind of kind of comes in there. I, I don't I don't think that Georgia is a an unstoppable behemoth coming into this season. They might become that way, but not that way after one week. Begs the question, right? Two way players. This is something that I think is very intriguing. Um, in college football, because it's also become extinct. The Travis Hunters, I think there's been players that could be like unto Travis Hunter. Um, they are unique. They are singular. They don't come around often. But you wonder why the two-way player has gone away over the last, shoot, 20, even 30 years. What happened? Why? Yeah, well, I, I, right now, if you're a really high-level player, it's really risky. You know, if you're if you're playing offense and defense, you're and you're you're logging eighty, ninety, a hundred snaps plus over the course of the game, you're going to increase your injury risk, and you're certainly not going to play both sides in the NFL if you're somebody that could potentially play both ways. It's very rare to be you know, equally impactful for for both of those, and so you know the the system right now encourages you to specialize to protect your own financial interests. You know, going forward, now it it does happen. We had <laughs> Miles Jack. Uh, you know, play both ways at UCLA recently. Sure. Chris Gamble did it for Ohio State not that long ago. Um, you, 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 you sometimes see, you know, defensive players also play, you know, do kick returns or, or try to do more in special teams, but you really have to be cut from a different cloth to, and have a coach that, that's willing to be flexible to play major snaps on both sides of the ball. I, I'm going to be interested to see how he's able to keep this up over the course of an entire year because doing that at elevation, is is a, is a different deal, <laughs> and and you know if Colorado, Colorado you know takes a loss or two, or or maybe some of these other wideouts develops, you don't necessarily have to do that. If we see his kind of pitch count change a little bit, they needed him on every single one of those plays against TCU. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, interesting, man. I think uh, yeah, he played in. Man, he was like in uh, like 130, 140 120 snaps. snaps. 120 something snaps. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we think of two way players. And it was like 105 degrees in Texas that day. Like, yeah. that's a lot of pickle juice. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of hydration, Dion a lot was, of pickle juice. Dion was still wearing a hoodie, though, in that 105 degree weather. So, I mean, maybe Travis Hunter well, was taking after his coach a little bit. I, 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 I guess so. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch him this week uh, at home. In a turbocharged rivalry game, where Nebraska is desperately trying <laughs> to, to put their program in a different direction, and I think you know faces a great physical challenge for them in a way that TCU didn't. I was honestly shocked to see how poorly TCU tackled in the secondary. That looks like a yeah. a, a major regression from last year. Uh, and this, you know, every year there's always a week one game that we way overreact to, and then by week six we're like, oh, like. TCU's two and four. Like, what, like, what are we doing? There's a chance that could be the case for this year. Yeah. Well, let's let's stay in Colorado's conference a little bit as we talk about Coach Prime and the Buffs, um, Matt. Because I know you're a I know you're a Midwest guy. You're a Buckeye guy most of the time. You live in the thriving Western city of Chicago, Illinois. I mean, like, I guess yeah. it's kind of West-ish. Uh, but but let's go all the way to the West, to the left coast, or the Pac-12. Uh, the Pac-12 is off to this incredible start, best start by the conference since I think I read somewhere like 1939 or some absurd date like that. I, I can't remember, but this is radio. Who needs exact facts? Is it fitting <laughs> that this league looks so good right now with all of the the turmoil and everything about the league potentially probably going to dissolve after this year to suddenly have its its best season in ages? Is that just a very Pac-12 thing? 
It's, it's, an, it's an extremely Pac-12 thing, and, and it sucks. But if you're going to go extinct, you might as well go out with a real bang, right? And, and I don't know. They're not going to. Not every, not every team in this league is going to go completely undefeated in conference play. I mean, out of conference play. But what I've been trying to, to tell people in my neck of the woods here is that you, you, it's worth tuning into a lot of these teams because of the depth of high-end quarterback quarterback play in this conference. The the, the median quarterback. In the Pac-12, I think is substantially better than what you're going to find in the Big Ten or the SEC this year. Um, and when you have that, even Cal, this, this terrible, lethargic offense for like the last six years, dropped like almost 50 points on the road, and, and they, they have an offense that can actually move the ball a little bit. Um, it, it would be a shame if the Pac-12 doesn't get a team in the, in the 14 college football playoff this year, and it's, it's too bad that. Uh, the season they've been building for for a long time happened a little bit too late. Did the uh, did the nerds of of the West Coast, you know, did they did they ruin the Pac-12? Led to its demise? Is, did they did they undermine the the greatness of the Pac-12 athletically and kill the conference? Um. The, sh- the short answer here, I think, would be yes. And, and when you look at why this league fell apart, even if it technically still exists when it's basically the gentrified Mountain West in a couple of months and keeps the name, it fell apart because of a, of a systemic failure, multiple people screwing up. But the, the people that, that, in my view, shoulder the, the, the bulk of, of that, uh, that blame would be the university presidents. And, and most specifically, I think of that group, the university presidents at Washington State uh, and at Arizona State, uh, who, who, who were most involved in uh, Larry Scott and not reeling Larry Scott in when the Pac-12 networks went way over budget and when, when the, that original business strategy wasn't panning out. Uh, they hired the wrong commissioner. I mean, look, you could have had Gloria Navarez, who's at the Mountain West. She interviewed. She was a candidate for the Pac-12. She used to work there. You go and you get this outsider, and even though Klyavkov was dealt a bad hand, he made every single play incorrectly. I mean, the people that were responsible for a course correction, the people that, that, that could have salvaged this, whether that's through hubris or through ignorance or, um, you know, you're just not having the time and energy to engage with this, didn't make those corrections. So I, I don't look at this as like, oh, you know, Kirk Schultz is the reason the league fell apart or Larry Scott's the reason the league fell apart. Like everybody, a lot of people have lots of different amounts of blame, but the university presidents, I think, deserve more of it than any other single person. And it's too bad because, you know, none of them are really going to face any deep professional repercussions yep. uh, for, for dissolving that league. And in a way that that's, I think is going to end up hurting a lot of people. People at Oregon State and Washington State are going to lose their jobs. Like full full stop. People who are making fifty five thousand dollars a year, sixty thousand dollars a year, you know, like industry professionals, are going to lose their jobs because there are, those budgets are going to decrease, and the local economy of Corvallis and and, and Pullman are, are going to, 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 to are going to struggle. Like if you're if you're a business that's a, that's a hotel or a restaurant, and you're used to depend on these crowds of people coming from Seattle or Eugene or Los Angeles. You know, brother, they're not going to do that when you're playing Wyoming. Like, there's not the, the, the Laramie crowd is not going to fill the bar the same way, um, and it, it sucks. <laughs> Man, it is sad. I know there's a lot of BYU fans that celebrate the demise, but uh, had to let you comment on it because uh, those that are most detached from maybe pragmatism, reality, I think uh, 
deserve a lot of the credit in the pie chart of accountability. They got to be fed that nasty and uh, and and very yeah. um, sour pie, el, el amargo pie. It's very amargo. Anyway, uh, Matt Brown here on ESPN i sixty. Matt, uh, you've been writing a ton of stuff uh, over the last two weeks, uh, last three weeks at Extra Points. What are some of the features? What's been getting the most clicks that uh, BYU fans should go and peruse? Yeah, there's, you know, there's been a couple of things that I'm, I'm particularly proud of that have recently dropped. Uh, I had a friend of mine, a reporter in Nebraska named Aaron Sorensen, who just uh, shared a feature with us today, digging into the logistics and, like, the how of how Nebraska pulled off Volleyball Day. I think this was about a week ago. You yeah. guys might have heard about this. They, they set the world record for live attendance for a women's sporting event. They brought in over 92,000 people into, more, into Memorial Stadium. And you, you have to realize, like, that is a football game day. Game days are typically on Saturday when there's no class. Um, and this was during the week. And so figuring out traffic and figuring out how to staff a, a Memorial Stadium while football season was still going on uh, is, a, is a major lift. They told me they told us it cost over a million dollars to get the, the court um, you know, set up there and protect it for moisture and protect the grass. I would think, given BYU's fan history of supporting women athletics and the creativity in this department. I'm not saying that you bring the volleyball team into Lavelle Edwards or something, but especially because that's already been done, but could there potentially be events or ways to put your soccer program or put one of your other programs in a new facility for a day and showcase your athletics in a similar way to how Nebraska did? Yeah, and after hearing, after publishing the story, a couple of ADs actually reached out and said, "Can you make an introduction? <laughs> because we might want to do this. We want to, we want to, we want to figure that out." So that's off on extra points. And then another story that was on Monday that may be of interest was digging into the trade college trading card market. Or do you guys do you guys, do you guys collect football oh, yeah. or baseball oh, yeah. cards anymore? Yeah, I, well, I used to. Yeah. not anymore. But yeah, I got I got a decade or two. <laughs> I think almost everybody about our age has a trunk of baseball cards somewhere that they're hoping will pay off more than their 401k. Um, we've got <laughs> college athlete trading cards now. I, I, I uh, um, but, and, and so some of them are, are co-licensed, so they have the BYU license and marks and uniforms and the players on them. And uh, I talked to a couple of professionals in this industry, including at some of the big companies, about where they think that market's going because they're not seeing the same consumer demand for buying college cards as they might for NFL cards or NBA cards. And the hardcore collectors aren't really getting as involved either because they don't really know how valuable any of these things are going to be. So I, I, that I think is, is kind of the worry. Maybe whether NIL collectives or agents or some of these small companies might end up publishing so many cards in hopes of like helping athletes with their NIL that it devalues the market and we kind of end up with another junk wax era like we had in the 80s. So there's, you can find those two things and a bunch more, some realignment scoops at extrapointsmb.com. Love that, man. M- Matt, I'm really glad you uh, you you had the uh, contributor piece and you brought up Volleyball Day in Nebraska because I know Nebraska is a state where the Huskers are their professional team, right? They support the University yeah. of Nebraska-Lincoln like almost nothing else in the country. They support Nebraska volleyball like almost – nothing else in the country. So to get 92,000 people in Memorial Stadium uh, just felt really fitting for a volleyball match there. Um, 
But is this, and I know you've written about the college volleyball a couple of times with Big Ten hosting Volleyball Media Day, trying to make it a thing close to your house in in Chicago and and that kind of thing. Is it possible that we may be, and I know Brett Yormark likes to talk a lot about undervaluing basketball. Do we undervalue maybe college volleyball a little bit in this country? And is this a sport that could potentially... Uh, really kind of explode, especially when it comes to uh, like comparing it to to women's sports and that kind of thing. Like, does does this have a, a really high ceiling in the future? I guess from everything that you've seen with Nebraska and the Big Ten and and everything else, kind of yeah. nationally. I think it has financially a very very high ceiling for a couple of different reasons. Part of it is because high school and middle school participation in volleyball in this country has skyrocketed. Um, to the, in most states, outstripping that of basketball. It's, it's one of the most played high school sports everywhere. Rural school, big urban school. It doesn't take a ton of equipment or a ton of space. And so many people are, are uh, exposed to sport at a young age. This is part of the problem with football uh, and with lacrosse. As high school and middle school participation is tapered off or is not accessible everywhere, just about everybody has a volleyball program. Uh, it's also one that's a more international sport. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know the BYU's roster situation off the top of my head, but if you look at the top SEC and Pac-12 and Big Ten teams, you're often going to find 25% or more of their roster coming from South America or Europe. Um, last year, the Big Ten uh, went out of their way to secure a, a secondary media rights deal to broadcast and stream some of their games in Europe, which is important not just for recruiting, but because Big Ten volleyball is as good as a lot of high-level European volleyball. Uh, and that may be something that the Big 12 or, or the, the SEC or other leagues look at doing because you can't just fire up ESPN2 if you're in Belgium or in Mexico or, or Brazil unless you have a VPN. Like you're you're going to have to figure out other ways to do it. And you guys know this just as well as I do. It's a really fun live experience. It, you don't have to know the sport really well to appreciate the athleticism to appreciate the speed, um, it, it ever, ever, everyone already has a facility. You, 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 you could do it in the same place that you're doing basketball. So I don't know if it's, ne- it's necessarily something that's going to be, you know, a revenue jet, a net positive revenue generating sport in five years. But if you take the sport seriously, if you put it on television where people can watch it, and if your administration markets it and takes care to make the live event fun, people are going to show up, uh, and you're going to have a really compelling. Um, live event in a way that I think is much harder to do with soccer or, or softball or some other sports. Matt Brown, Extra Points here on ESPN 960, discussing college football, college athletics. Uh, and, uh, and also I want to ask you this question. This is a BYU question specifically, okay? I'm going to yeah. ask you some BYU stuff. I know you you follow it somewhat, right? I mean, we were talking a little bit about Colorado. We were talking about two-way players, et cetera. Yeah. Which former BYU football player do you think could have been the most impactful two-way football player for the Cougars? A lot of people are saying Tyler Algier, right, because he was a starting linebacker and was tremendous. And then the the ASU uh, forced fumble in 2021 after uh, uh, you know he, he essentially uh, stopped a a pick six that would have probably led to a Sun Devil victory in 2021. But I actually think it's Taysom Hill. I think it's Taysom Hill is the greatest two-way player uh, in BYU football history. I think he's one of the freakiest, freakiest athletes to come through. But uh, you have an opinion on the matter? Would you like to opine? No, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, Hill, I think, would, would have been a pretty good 
I, he could have been a great linebacker. He could have been a great safety. He could have played probably three other positions on offense, sure. and I think and done pretty well. You you know this better than me, but who who was the fella who was uh, who was in, in BYU secondary and he was a UDFA and went on with the Chiefs and he ended up getting like a third contract. Um, da- Danny and, Swanson. And like set, like the, yeah, did he, did he like set like a combine record and like the in, in the yeah jump the or three something? cone it was a crazy in the three yeah, cone of pro like, agility. Uh, Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. An extremely athletic guy, yeah. and, and if you have that kind of agility, could you teach somebody to play, get to catch and and oh, yeah. and be impactful at wide up? Probably. Yeah. Um, I I, I, I like that take. To kind of dig, yeah, to dig into the pre Lavelle Edwards Paleolithic BYU football era when they're trying to run the wing key or something, where they actually did have people playing both ways. Yeah, there's probably somebody pre World War II, you know, that you know that 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 put up some crazy stat lines. But um, that's a the, good question. The, I have to think about that The other reason why I'm bringing it up is because I want I would love to see the reemergence of the two way player, and I wonder if Travis Hunter is the guy to do it because one of the reasons why Dion was able to get Travis Hunter to an HBCU, right, Jackson, is because he said, "I'm going to feature you. I'm going to put you in the best position. I'm going to make you me. I was the best at any sport." Okay, that I was playing at the time. I was a two-way player. I'm a I'm a football player. I'm a baseball player. Shoot, uh, he could have probably played basketball for all we know. He was that unique. Yeah, and, and now they're he's doing it with Travis Hunter, right? And he he talked about it in the post game. He's like Heisman, 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 right? And 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 and, and in order for a defensive player to be a Heisman candidate, he's got to play offense. I mean, that's it's long gone now. Like you you have to either be a returner. You got to have the football in your hands to become a Heisman Trophy candidate to be immortalized yeah. in college football. And so I wonder. Now I don't know if Travis Hunter can play 130 plays per game, but uh, <laughs> Dion may put him out there in order to win football games 130 times, and, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> are we going to see this? Will this? Are others going to try to follow suit? We've seen people try to maybe uh, recruit or uh, draft the next. Uh, Taysom Hill, the Swiss Army Knife, I think he's a unique singular player. I wonder if Travis Hunter is that unique singular player. There's not very many two-way players out there that can do what he does. And, and no, and, and we got to be honest, there's not a whole lot of Travis Hunters, right? Like, we, we yeah. remember him in high school, depending on what recruiting service you were using, this dude was either the number one recruit in the country and in the, in the recruiting you know, era, the, the, the point system era, he, I think he's the highest rated defensive back recruit, like literally ever. Um, or he was the second, right? Um, a, a high five star plus, you know, somebody that you knew at 15 had the genes to play in the NFL, um, which was not Taysom Hill, uh, and it was not 
There's just, there's just not very many of those guys. I don't know if you could do this for a you know low three-star developmental kid that's considering BYU and Fresno and Snow, and that you hope that with the right kind of conditioning and coaching that you can you know three years he'll be a, an all Big Twelve guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can if you can get somebody to be that you know well conditioned and play 110 snaps on both sides of the ball. Maybe. <laughs> but I, you know, just like you, I just like there's not that many Deion Sanders dudes, right? It would be, it would yeah. be like, you know, well, why don't we see more LeBron James and, and who can do, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of these very LeBron James specific things on the court? Like, well, God didn't make that many six foot nine guys who could pass like Magic Johnson. If you could find <laughs> one, great, play them wherever the hell you want. <laughs> but there's not yeah. that many of them, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're singular players, no doubt. I just love the reemergence. I love that we're we're talking about it and. um I love that Dion brought it back. I mean, because uh, I don't know if anybody else has really pushed this narrative uh, that you can play both sides of the ball. I mean, even high school. I mean, I'm seeing it everywhere. Like, you, you, you're not, you can't play both ways. They're going to specialize you, and uh, I think that's unfortunate. Unless, unless you're at a small school, right? If you, if you, sure. if you go down into, into like. You know the the central part of the state where you've got thirty guys on the football team. I think that might be a little bit of a different story than if you're playing at um at at you know one of the, one of the the big fancy Salt Lake superpower schools, right? True, true. Matt Brown, ladies and gentlemen, Matt, what's the best way to support you? What you do for those that love listening to you on our airwaves? You can find me on Twitter, where I'm probably goofing off instead of doing reporting at Matt Brown EP. <laughs> You can find the newsletter at extrapointsmb.com. You can subscribe for free and get two newsletters in your inbox every week. Or you could uh, become a paid subscriber. It's only 8 bucks. You get four newsletters. And more importantly, you get access to our real computer game, Athletic Director Simulator 3000. We just published another update for that today. If you were hoping that there was a way to combine like the Madden GM mode with 1983's Oregon Trail, my friend, I have a computer game for you, which you can find at extrapointsmb.com. Love it, Matt Brown. Always a pleasure, a blessing having you on our airwaves. We'll chat with you soon. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Thanks, friends. Take care. There you go. Matt Brown in a college football segment brought to you by Dental Pros of Utah, dentalprosofutah.com. If you've been told you need a filling, a crown, a root canal, get a second opinion at Dental Pros of Utah and American Fork. They utilize the best biomedic techniques, minimally invasive techniques to rebuild your teeth layer by layer so you don't have to settle for fake teeth later on in life. Go back in the past real quick, though. Two-way players, two-way potential players. I think of guys like on my team in 05, 06, 07. You know, I'm sure Austin could have, Austin Collie probably could have been a really good safety had he been given that oh, opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. To, I mean, he's an all-time great wide receiver. He was a Blitnikoff finalist. You better believe, like, had he been – I mean, he was a returner in 07. He looked really, really good as a returner. Now, he got dinged up on those returns, but shoot – um, and there's some volatility in putting your guys out that much on the football field, your best players, and there could be some uh, uh, an increase sure. in attrition rate. But but I'll tell you what, uh, Austin didn't want to come off the field. Austin would have loved to be playing uh, offense, defense, and special teams and never come off the field. You, you ask a competitor to do that like AC, and he's going to do it Sure, all absolutely. day, every day. You kidding me? Um yeah, absolutely. Tyler Algier, Taysom Hill to me is the biggest is the is the biggest freak athlete ever to come through Brigham. He's our Bo Jackson. You know, Bo Jackson 
uh, got injured, and he, you know, and and, and uh, why am I talking about the injury first? But that's what his college career was. Taysom would have these extremely high highs, and then all of a sudden they would they would go off the deep end because of an injury. Um, and uh, but that man is a freak. We've seen it at, uh, the, at the at the NFL level, but he could have played linebacker, could have played shoot, you could have put him in that stand up three four spot off the weak side edge. You better believe that he would get after. Uh, quarterbacks all day every day but maybe safety as well uh chime in on that question i put it out there for all of cougar fans to peruse but uh one of my takes is that austin collie probably could have played some safety for us there's no doubt he's big he's strong he's fast he's physical uh, i really like uh, austin collie a lot in that conversation we're gonna go to break coming up next uh we're gonna read between the lines with one of our new favorite players especially in the receiving game mason faka who uh guys uh the fullback that uh, was once upon a time a running back, that was once upon a time a quarterback down in the uh, Hurricane Utah area. Let's get to know Mason a little bit better in a reading between the lines segment from earlier this week. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. Our studios, LeshWab.com. Check out all the deals at uh, LeshWab.com. Save up to $250 when you buy a set of four select tires with financing. Check out the nearest location. You'll get VIP service and products and ESPN 960 discounts for all of it. Les Schwab, LesSchwab.com. Give them a chance to earn your business today. Mason Fakahua, reading between the lines segment. Can't wait to get into this. I really like Mason, a former running back um, at BYU, now fullback, tight end. He's a former quarterback coming out of high school and uh, was kind of a running quarterback. You go back and watch his film, I can, I can understand why they moved him from quarterback to sure. the running back room. And he got some looks last year, got some totes. And uh, I think he's finally found his forte, though, uh, as a uh, as a fullback tight end. Yep. And one of the things he's really good at, there's, well, there's two things. He's really good at blocking. And number two, he's really good at, at running routes and catching the football. Mm-hmm. So th- really intriguing because Mason Wake got injured, retired yep. in fall camp, and said, hey, I can't keep on putting my body through this. And in answers Mason Fakahua into the conversation, along with Matava Taasi at tight end two. Uh, Mason saw a lot of reps as fullback one, which is – Essentially, the the same position as yeah. the Matavatasi. So, uh, we're going to read between the lines here as he addressed the media. He's from the Southern Utah area and has a lot of friends at SUU balling out. So, a little bit of a know the foe reading between the lines. Going to be brought to you by our good friends at Body Armor. Drink Body Armor dot com. This football season, you got to hydrate like a pro. With that Body Armor Edge, it's 100 milligrams of caffeine and 1,000 milligrams of electrolytes. Edge is boosted hydration for today's athletes. Head on over to Drink Body Armor, drinkbodyarmor.com. we got Body Armor here in our ESPN 960 studios. I love to hydrate with it. You should, too. All right, let's get to know Mason Fakahua a little bit better and read between the lines. Mason, i got to ask about the attitude of the offense after after what you guys went through and What's what's today been like, or, or as you as you've been around the boys? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's not uh, exactly what we were hoping for, but it's, uh, it's it was good enough to to get the job done. But we're still excited. We're excited for this week. It's a new week. We're not really you know thinking about all the uh, negatives or anything. We're thinking about the things we can work on, of course, and that's that's the mindset this week. Just go work hard. We're, we know we're playing a a good team this week, and yeah, I just just want to. You know, turn things around for us and get the, I guess, get the dice rolling. So, Kalani talked about the importance of just getting back to basics, focusing on the fundamentals, making sure 
you guys take care of business. How big of a difference do you feel like that would make to this offense if you're able to kind of you know lock in on those things? Oh yeah, a lot. Of, it's a it's a big difference. I mean, you know, we feed off the defense. The defense the defense feeds off of us, and I think once we uh, once we get going for those guys, you know, they're just going to keep going, keep rising. We're going to help each other to, um, I mean, reach reach different. Uh, opportunities for the whole team so I mean it's going to help you know the special teams going to help defense going to help us as offense and just our confidence in each other and yeah we're just yeah again we're just excited for uh, for a new week just to go work. Mason from from your perspective experiencing it can you just maybe take us through uh, going from being a high school quarterback to now being an H-back tight end and all the the different positions that you've played throughout your time here so far? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a fun experience. You know, you don't expect to to come in and switch uh, the amount of times that you know I have or or some other guys have here. But here at BYU, you know, you play positions where they need you, and that, that's what we do in this team. We go and play where where our coaches need us, and so yeah, it's 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 um, sometimes it's different, but you know, our coaches they help us a lot to to fill into the spots where you know where we need to go and, and play. So you know, it's it's been fun just to. To be around the tight end room, or to be around the the running backs, or the quarterbacks, and all of them are are really special individuals, and the coaches are very special. So it's it's easy when you know all those all those guys are are that way, um, and it, it makes it a lot easier on the guys that you know we switch positions, whether it's myself or some of the other guys on the team. Did you only play quarterback uh, in your prep career? Was that the only position you played, or was there other spots you played as well? Oh uh, yeah, I played quarterback. But I also played uh, some defense, outside linebacker, you know, free safety. Um, but it was mostly quarterback the whole time uh, until I until I got here. Um, but I mean, yeah, I grew up playing all the different positions. You know, just playing football, having fun, learning the the whole game as a whole. So, yeah, just it, it was mostly quarterback all of high school though. All right, we take a question uh, from Jake and then Sean. Mason, I wanted to ask you just in terms of facing Southern Utah, you're a kid who's from, played at Cedar High School from Cedar City. Does that have any different feel to it this week as compared to other games? Oh, I'm, I'm excited just because it's, you know, the university that, that I supported all my life. I'm a T-Bird. Uh, I'm also a Cougar, you know, so uh, I'm excited just to, to see. I have a lot of friends down there, a lot of, you know, brothers down there, and I'm just excited to, to see all of them, a lot of friends and family coming up. So it'll be exciting. It'll be a good opportunity just to you know, see all the all the different families that I haven't seen for a little bit, just being here in Provo and they're down there. But, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're uh, the thing I know about Southern Utah, they're fighters. They've always been fighters. And so we're just going to keep working hard and we're excited to play them this week. I'm excited to play them this week. That's my hometown right there. So. It kind of leads me into my second question for you. Talking about the resurgent nature of that program, that last half of last year, and obviously the game against Arizona State. What do you make of the Thunderbirds right now? Oh, they're hungry. They're very hungry. They're a they're a special group. You know, we we um, we know that. They know that. We're excited to play them this week. We saw it last week with Arizona State. You know how they played against them and definitely didn't give up against you know a top a top team as well. But. Um, Man, they're they're special individuals down there. Um, I love them all because they. I'm during my uh, during my summer workouts and everything. I work out with a lot of those guys. Um, I go down there and I throw with their quarterback and I, you know, run routes for them and stuff. And just getting to meet a lot of them. They have a lot of fight. They have a lot of uh, a, a great attitude um, with that program. And you know, their coaches has done a lot of good things for them as well. 
Big question from Sean and Jared. Yeah, kind of similar to the last one. Um, just continuing down the, the trendy pick of you're from Cedar, SUU's from Cedar, all that stuff. But how much kind of contact and, and I guess recruitment did you have with those guys when you were coming out of Cedar High School? And I know you you played so many different just athletic-based positions, especially as a, as a kind of a running-based quarterback in a lot of ways. So just how much did they kind of look at you and, and how much did you maybe consider growing up there being at T-Bird? Oh, yeah, I was... I consider that a, a big part, you know, in the process of being recruited. Um, they were my first school that that really looked at, uh, looked at my play, looked at me as an individual and as an athlete. And um, yeah, they they played a big role just in uh, my my whole childhood, my whole uh, recruiting process in high school. And so, <clears throat> I guess it's just um, it's it's a special opportunity to play them this week, just because they you know were my first school that offered me or because they were they were there for me since you know day one and so um yeah i'm excited just to to see all of them again to see you know the fan base i love the fans down there we're, they're great people in cedar city um just yeah it's a great place a great opportunity to play um the school that you know has a, a really good spot in my heart and will for a long time time for two more questions. Let's go Jared Lloyd, then Kevin. Mason, you talked about how hungry that group is down there, and then they almost got one against Arizona State. You know they'd love to be BYU even more. How important is it for your gut, you guys, you know, the Cougars, to match that urgency, match that hunger going into this week? Oh, it's way important. I mean, you know, they have nothing to lose. They're They're coming from a from a small town, they're coming to play a big team like BYU. Everyone wants to beat BYU. That's the the thing for everyone in our our whole country. Um, but for Southern Utah, it's a, it's a big thing for them. And so, the urgency we have to have this week is is very important. You know, we have to have that attitude where we're ready to go, no matter who it is. And you know, it's Southern Utah. We gotta we can't just lay down. You know, we know we have to we have to practice and and do all the things that we need to to you know up our game even more uh, more than last week. So, yeah, just. The urgency is it's it's vital this week. We're we're ready to go, and I know all the guys will be ready to go as well. You mentioned um, working out with some other players down there. Um, I'm curious how much was this game talked about between everybody, and was that something you discussed uh, in the summer? Oh, all the time. Yeah, we we talk about that all the time during the summer. Um, you know, it, it's it's fun. You get around the guys. You you don't really. Uh, it's not really talking crap or anything. But it's more. Um, just excitement, more, more uh, motivated, pumped for the opportunity, and so, you know, they, they're excited just to come up. It's, it's um, a great opportunity for them. It's a great opportunity for us. Um, so it's, it's that's all, all we talked about really, just um, working out together and, you know, hanging out together down there in Cedar. So yeah, we're, we're excited, both of us, both sides. So. Awesome, Mason. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for your there time. you go. That's Mason Fakahua, BYU's fullback. Tight end. Uh, he had a ton of targets. I think he had he had four targets, four receptions, if I'm not mistaken, in yep. this game yep. uh, versus Sam Houston. He he's a part of this uh, game plan. I wonder if he's going to continue to be a part of the game plan in the receiving game. Yeah, and I mean, with the it, what a luxury, right, for a player as unique as Mason Wake was the last couple of years, the hurdler, the the pass catcher, mm. the blocker that I don't think got noticed nearly enough, but just all the little things that, that Mason Wake could yeah. do. 
uh, in so many ways. He goes down, injuries catch up with him. He's forced to medically retire. Uh, and BYU finds a player, has a player in Mason Fakahua who can step right into that role, do a lot of the same things. He obviously hasn't had a hurdle like Wake did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet, yet, I think one might be coming. Um, but Mason Fakahua has got that athleticism to really play in a variety of positions and, and play that, that H-back role that's – the the tight end room is just such a funny one in – a-Rod's offense under Steve Clark because you've got kind of this amalgamation of like these are guys that are they're bigger than wide receivers obviously mm-hmm. but they're they're still skill position players and yes there are some traditional tight ends a la Isaac Rex uh, but there are also some players that are like well you're just a football player yeah. go play football go make football plays yep. uh, and I think Mason is definitely one of those guys it's he was a, yeah he was a quarterback in high school but Cedar was a very uh, they I can't remember if they ran a wing tee or they were very run oriented, very run heavy. They might have run option even um, out of their offense in a lot of ways. And so he was he was kind of that running quarterback. And it was just all right, go use your athleticism and, and make plays. And he still got that capability at BYU. Target wise, four targets, four receptions. The only other player to, I mean, to be a hundred percent in that uh, target and completion percentage. Parker Kingston had two for 13 yards. He had a long of eight. So, uh, hey, Mason's getting open in the passing game. So we're going to go to break. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get into um, um, we're going to get into the Cougar Insider Report. Okay, don't miss it. I'll give you some insider information you can't get anywhere else. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. This is Carlin versus Joe. Now, gonna sneeze. Hang on. That's what's happening here. All that movement over there, and you held it in too. Did anyone else see that? That looked like a walrus shivering. You gotta let that amazing. go. You gotta let that go. But then here's the thing: when I sneeze, sounds like Monica Sellis used to when she was returning serve. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe. Carlin versus Joe. Weekday mornings at ten, right here on ESPN nine sixty. This is an ESPN nine sixty Sports Center update. Starting in BYU football, it's football week. This week, the BYU Cougars will take on the T-Birds of Southern Utah. BYU is coming into this game with coming up with two interceptions to secure the win over Sam Houston State, which included shutting out the Bearcats on Saturday. The Cougars will look to keep their shutout vibes going this week. All of this will be talked about on the Cougar pregame show, hosted by Ben Crito, leading you all the way up to kickoff between the Cougars and the T-Birds. Pregame will start at 10.30, and game time is at 1 p.m. To BYU women's soccer, congratulations. Congratulations to Kendall Peterson for being named the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. After her performance versus UCLA and Utah Valley, they got BYU women ranked number one in the country in women's soccer. Peterson and the Cougars will defend their number one ranking this week when the Cougars travel to Salt Lake to take on the Utah Utes on Saturday at 7 p.m. Now to some pro news as some of your favorite former BYU football players will be getting some playing time this coming week in the NFL with Matt Bushman, former BYU tight end, getting called up to the 50-man roster for the Kansas City Chiefs after Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee in practice this week. He'll be taking on the Detroit Lions tonight to open the NFL season. And former BYU wide receiver Puka Nakua will see some field time versus the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday afternoon. Good luck to Matt and Puka on their NFL debuts. 
finally to BYU Women's Volleyball as they have three games this week as they'll be taking on two opponents today in the Cougar Classic at the Washington State University. They'll be taking on Townsend and UC Irvine today and then they'll finish the Classic on Saturday versus the other Cougars in Washington State. All three games and live stats can be seen on the BYU Athletics page. This update has been brought to you by The Twisted Cow, home of the over-the-top shakes. Visit thetwistedcow.com. I'm Martin Kelly and this has been your ESPN 960 Cougar Sports Center update. Moving day. You're listening to Cougar Sports with Ben Griddle, and it's time for a Cougar Insider Report. Now let's get that proprietary inside scoop on Cougar Sports from Griddle. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle, broadcasting live from our Les Schwab Tire Studios, leshwab.com. Check out all the deals right now, leshwab, leshwab.com. we got some great ones going on. Mention ESPN 960 at any Les Schwab location for VIP service, VIP The defensive lineman that BYU is bringing into the program the next few years. Very intriguing uh, prospects. Very good football players. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Jay Hill is uh, working his magic. And even the prior staff, I thought, did a good job in the last last year's recruiting class. And so uh, I want to break it down here on your Cougar Sports Insider Radio Network. This segment going to be brought to you by Bowtime Pub and Grub. Bowtime Pub and Grub. Gurney and I went there yesterday. It was fantastic. It was delicious. It was great. I got the Bab Burger, B-A-B-B Burger. Um, it was awesome. It was a lot of food. The great thing about Bowtime Pub is the portions are ridiculously huge. Oh, yeah. They're big. I was, They're big. I was blown away at the portions. Like, you know, there's some great food joints here in the state. I, I, I love the food that and the product offerings that we have along the Wasatch Front. But something that sets Bow Time apart is the the caloric intake that you are going to consume for the dollar spent is off the cha- charts uh, fantastic. So you're getting a lot for your dollar spent, Sean. And so that's why I would advise you to check out Bow Time Pub and Grub as uh, I think – G-Man got the uh, Monte Cristo, the Monte Cristo mm-hmm. sandwich. I got the B-A-B-D He still raves about it to this day. We're, what, three weeks later, four weeks later, something like that? Well, no, we just went there last night. Oh, this is from last night. This is from last no, night. No, he was raving about it literally like a month ago, the Monte Cristo. The Monte Cristo. Maybe yeah, he's he had it before. raving about the Monte Cristo. Yeah, yeah, you can get the Monte Cristo egg rolls, too. I don't know. It's probably like two weeks, maybe. It probably wasn't a month. Yeah, I got my wife a Cobb salad, um, so I took that home to her. And I'm telling you, the portions fantastic i'll put it out there for all those cougar fans mention espn 960 when you go on in there for discounts as always uh all right let's get into a cougar insider report so earlier today devoe uh tuataga commits to the byu cougar football 2024 signing class and uh 6'4 240 pounds kid's a baller fantastic football player offers from USC, Utah, Oregon State, Tennessee, etc. He's got a ton of competing offers. Oregon, Nebraska, Arizona, Washington, uh, just to name a few. He's a four-star, right? Per per rivals, uh, as, uh, you know, he's listed at at six four on his profile, but he's actually six six now. So I've been I've been putting out disinformation, misinformation, okay? Uh, and he's actually six six two forty. So he's grown a little bit. Those growth plates are still still open. So. Was offered back in January 2023. What's that? Big boy. That's Yeah, big boy. Large human. Very large human. Fantastic edge rusher. So um, 
this is a really nice get for the Cougs. Uh, he's a multi-sport athlete, too. Plays volleyball. Love it. Great jumper. Has uh, tremendous twitch. So not only does he have the size, not only does he have the productivity, but being a multi-sport athlete is something that I think this Cougar fan base, uh, this Cougar coaching staff, really puts a, a high value on. So love that element. Uh, but uh, I, I think he's going to be a good one. Now, he's going to be a mission-first kid, so everybody yep. knows he can go, he's going to be called to serve uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So very excited about that. Uh, I, love, I was just talking to uh, the guy that's going to be doing my fence, Kyler. Shout out to him. Um, he uh, represents Petrified Fence, going to be uh, taking care of me there at the home. But we were talking about missions and the importance of missions uh, recently because uh, he hasn't served yet. So I'm like, eh, maybe you want to go serve the Lord with all your heart, might, might, and strength. Uh, tremendous blessings come from it. But um, just a great young man, a great football player, yes, but a great young man. Uh, Jeff Hansen put this out earlier. Love this quote from uh, – DeVoe about one of the reasons he picked BYU. Each and every one of those these coaches, offensive and defensive coaches, head coach to assistant coaches, treated me like I was one of their sons, which is it's really important. Like you're as a parent, you want to see the young men that you've raised be mentored, be coached, sure. with the same love and passion that you uh, put into uh, those uh, those seventeen, eighteen years into this young man. It's an important element here. So, anyway, I uh, wanted to touch on that. Other players that are coming into the program, other defensive players that are coming into the program along this defensive front, very intriguing prospects, okay? Uh, Adney Reed has to be at the top of the list. Uh, every time I went down to BYU this offseason and I discussed, you know, who's coming in, who's getting recruited, who's getting looks, and who's committed right now. One of the the, the, the consistent messages that I heard was, we love Adney Reed. Love Adney Reed. An underrated, underappreciated prospect that has been overseas due to his his uh, his father and his mother serving a mission for the Church mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So you get a, bit, a really good one, uh, a diamond in the rough that's been hidden in Australia, of all places, um, in playing basketball and rugby. Yep. He's, he's tremendous. He's tremendously talented. Your thoughts on Adney? Yeah, a couple, uh, just that. I mean, a couple of years without organized football for obviously pretty good reasons, and he's figured out a way. He's been training um, at least weekly, a couple times a week, keeping those skills sharp. But I think just that ability to improve the athleticism is a big deal. And and he's he may not be playing. He may not have played organized football in Australia while his parents were serving the Lord. Um, but I love what rugby, especially at the youth level, can do to rising football prospects. BYU fans are saying it right now with Ben Bywater, uh, by the way. Ben was a good football player in high school at Olympus High School. Sure. I wouldn't necessarily say he was a stellar football player. He was a stellar rugby player. Like This dude was real on the rugby pitch. He was incredible. Yeah. But a lot of those same skills open field tackling, athleticism, chasing chasing players down, that kind of thing, those all translate to the football field really well. And, and, mm-hmm. and BYU seeing that payoff in a lot of ways uh, right now. Again, he was a very good football player, but he was an even better rugby player. And, and, and knowing that about Adney, I think, is, is 
has me really excited for his future and what he can become in this program. Other players? How about Talitui Pututau? Anyone with the last name Pututau I'm pretty excited about. Uh, he was a part of the last year's signing class. Uh, David Tangilanu also. Really good football player, Simone Davis. Very intriguing prospects, no doubt. Uh, can't wait to see what they can do in Cougar Blue. And uh, But you, you notice something about all these players, right? The Polynesian Pipeline, alive and well at Brigham. And uh, it needs to be alive and well, with especially with a, a Tongan head coach, uh, with a uh, you know with a, a great representation of of of, of Poly- Polynesian heritage and and um, and culture within that locker room right now. You need it. Uh, I need uh, the the ferocity, the warrior like mentality, and that on that defensive front. And I think Jay Hill, uh, Justin Nena, Kelly Papinga. This entire defensive front staff is going to do a tremendous job of developing uh, these young men. We'll go to break. Uh, and by the way, BYU has 16 players in the NFL right now. Utah's got 15, so has the talent gap, as an insider report, uh, has the talent gap uh, disappeared? What do you think? BYU, the crazy thing is, I mean, the crazy that thing is this. Player, that 16 player right there is a recent call from the practice squad in Matt The Bush, thing we'll is this. This is the issue. I, this, is, this is the, the deal. Lions, but. BYU was able to accomplish this without P5, P4 status. Sure. They've been able to accomplish this sure. with an honor code that, yeah, can attract a high-level football player, no doubt, the, the, you know, that, that wants that experience, but also can turn away a lot of high-level football players. Okay, they, they also have, I think, academic standards once you get to BYU. Maybe, you know, they don't have as many, um, as much red tape to get into the school. You do have some some uh, some opportunities to bring in guys that maybe aren't qualifiers, etc. But once you get to BYU, it's extremely difficult to stay at BYU academically. We've seen plenty of attrition in academics over sure, the years. absolutely. So... Those three elements combined with this objective number of 16 players on active rosters is nothing short of incredible, and, and, and Kalani deserves a tremendous amount of credit here for instituting and in, in, in inculcating a culture of NFL is important. Going to the league is important. It's not the end-all, be-all. There's more to life than football. That is his, that's one of his philosophies. But you do also want to maximize the opportunities of your football players to live out their dream, which many of us at once upon a once upon a time had a dream of playing the NFL. And you don't want to squash that. You don't want to um, you don't want them to squander those opportunities either. So I think there's something about that. There's a ton of NFL scouts that have come through Brigham this offseason particular. I chatted with someone that said that all thirty two teams once again have showed up to camp this year. Now some of that has to do with Kingsley being a potential first round guy. But Jay Hill mentioned it in his sound clip earlier in the show that they are crowding around Ryan Rico. Ryan Rico. Yep. They're looking at Keaton Slovis too. They're looking at guys up and down the, the this roster. So plenty of great football players. All right, we're gonna go to break. Coming up Absolutely. next, what's cooking with the Cougars? This is Cougar Sports on ESPN nine sixty.